0: three-pointer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Nothing But Net. It has been a a long time since I feel like I've been on one of these episodes. I think Evan and David did one maybe like a month ago, a couple months ago. (laughs) It's been a minute since we have done. It's been a minute. (laughs) So uh, if you you couldn't tell, it's uh, me, David, and Evan uh, on this episode today. We're going to kind of go over just the crazy last four or five days within the trade deadline there's been about 20 trades i think um and if you had a second round pick you were sending it somewhere else so that kind of seems like the theme of this trade deadline uh was that nobody's second pick is probably with themselves anymore (laughs) at least if you traded today so i think um, i saw
1: somewhere it was like i think 19 trades happened today or something it was something ridiculous
0: yeah, I think it was about like twenty trades or something. Not not today, but like over the past like couple days. So, I think today had the had the blunt of that. So, because I think outside of one, two, three, four, five of them, so maybe about like fifteen or sixteen trades a day. So, but yeah, that's a that's a crazy thing. Um, let's go ahead and um, I'll try to make it not as confusing as possible. But I was just gonna kind of run through each day um the past since like february 5th pretty much go through the trades that day if we want to talk about it real quick and then we'll move on um so on the 5th the only trade that i saw that went on that day was between the nets and uh dallas obviously that was the Kyrie irving trade so Kyrie and um markeith morris went to the mavs and the nets ended up getting dorian finney smith spencer dinwiddie a first and two seconds So what do you guys think about that trade? How impactful do you think it's going to be for the Mavs going forward? I mean, it's huge. (laughs) It's really huge. Um,
2: I think Mark Cuban and and the guys in Dallas really wanted to swing for the fences to try to keep Luka happy and avoid what most people have been talking about in that it was another just rerun of LeBron's first stint in Cleveland. So I think they definitely wanted to take a big swing. um, And we all know, with recently Kyrie Irving is a big swing because you never know if he will be available. Um, but that's gonna make that offense extremely, extremely hard to stop. Um, you know, there's gonna be concerns and and Kyrie's in a contract here, so there's a chance it's a half a season rental. Um but I think I think if you have Luka Doncic playing the way he is, I think it makes sense uh to do whatever you can to to try to maximize or to try to increase your odds of winning the championship.
1: I think that it's also a big swing because while Kyrie is definitely a very talented player individually and can definitely add some stuff to the team. I do question his like personal ability to do it because he's no longer the, the face of the team. And honestly, I think that takes a little bit of pressure off of him. However, that was the main reason why he left Cleveland in the first place because he wasn't the face of the franchise anymore being that LeBron James was there so it's a big swing just depending on how Kyrie Irving personality wise will go well with Luka Doncic
0: yeah I think the Mavs were just hoping that they could win Kyrie over and and keep him there I do think that it's going to very much be something comfortable for Kyrie because when he was in Cleveland, even before LeBron got there, it was very much isolation ball. And then when LeBron was there, they were playing isolation off of each other, even though LeBron's kind of a pass-first guy. So that's definitely a little bit different. But I think, that, I think if you're looking for two guys that could give you 40 any night, I mean, this is definitely the duo to do that. I think I'm a little bit disappointed in the Mavs because they didn't really do anything else. And I think that they needed to add a few more pieces just because you got rid of Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith, so you don't really have, I guess, any other guys that can really put the ball in the net. So I don't really know what they're going to do. Obviously, they still got to win the other night with Kyrie, and and I think Luca came back last night or something um, and dropped like 40 some points. So like I said, those two guys are going to be able to get you 40 points a night, you know, just about if they want to. But I just don't know if that really translates to wins or postseason wins at this point. I still think there are a few pieces away, but it's a good start. So mm-hmm. um, let's go ahead and move on to the seventh. So a couple of days after that, these two trades aren't very very fun so we don't have to talk about them this is probably like the two least fun trades um that happened over the past couple days but the heat and the spurs basically um the heat sent uh Dwayne deadman in a second to the spurs and the heat got cash cop uh considerations back so nothing crazy i think the heat were just trying to clear some cap space um and then maybe hoping that that they could land somebody the nets and the kings made a trade so the Nets sent uh kessler edwards and cash to the kings and then that just kind of freed up cap space for them and we'll kind of see probably why they did that going forward because <laughs> they uh they added some some pieces and lost some pieces <laughs> so but did you guys want to go over those two or you came moving on from those
2: i just want to say two things cash considerations one of the best players of all time yeah. one of the most <laughs> traded players of all time also yeah. if anyone didn't see the clip that led to this trade of Dewe- Dwayne Deadman throwing a massage gun onto the court because yeah. um, he did that a couple weeks ago. He was mad at uh, Eric Skolstra, <laughs> threw a massage gun onto the court. I don't think he's played since then. And then, you know, got traded for basically nothing, but that yeah. is a
0: fun flip. <laughs> I mean, the, I will say this though, he's probably going to get some decent playing time with the Spurs. Cause as we'll see the Spurs kind of, Kind of cleaned house a little bit, so <laughs> he might get a he might get a little bit of playing time, and that's maybe why they they brought him in as like a veteran guy or something. But um, yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the eighth. So we had, I'll I'll, I'll do these spicy trades second here. So we'll do this one first. Um, probably more towards the end of the night on the eighth before we hit the ninth. You had uh, the Knicks trade Josh Hart to the Blazers. Or Sorry, the Blazers traded Josh Hart to the Knicks. Um, in return, the Blazers got Cam Reddish. I'm gonna butcher this name, Ryan Archidicano, and then oh, uh, Archidiacano, yeah, there you go. And then uh, I don't know this other guy's name, I'm gonna butcher it too, but maybe Svee McCulloch and the Blazers got a first, so don't really know the last two guys that I talked about. Obviously, Cam Reddish has been on the move a little bit the past couple years hasn't really shown very much promise um, being being that he was kind of the third guy on that Duke team with uh, Zion and uh, what JT not JT Barrett um, RJ, yeah RJ Barrett yeah sorry so he hasn't really come on in the league I think I think that's an unfortunate thing but the Knicks get Josh Hart which you know I think is a is a good added piece to that roster especially since they've been kind of playing pretty nice and then uh, the big trade of the day was the three-team trade between L.A., Utah, and Minnesota. So Utah gets Russell Westbrook, Ta- uh-huh. Juan Toscano Anderson, Damian Jones in a first. Minnesota gets Mike Conley. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, three seconds. So there's here's where the seconds start to go. <laughs> and then the Lakers get D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. So let's go ahead and start with the Knicks and Blazers trade and then move to the three-team trade. What do you guys think about these? So
1: Blazers, Knicks, Knicks got the
0: first round, right? The Blazers got the first round. So the Knicks gave them the first round and then the three players and the Knicks got Josh Hart. Sorry.
1: I think the the Blazers probably won the the trade out of that because it's like the the Knicks just gave up players and didn't really add too much.
0: I but I do think Josh Hart's a good like he's he's not like it's not like he's gonna win you a, a championship. I don't think he moves the needle that much. But I do think like in terms of what they're trying to do, especially with the Nets, as we'll see, not really being relevant now in the East. Like this could be a team that with those pieces that they have, they could at least make the playoffs. You know what I mean? And, and I don't know what they'll do in the playoffs. but we've seen that they can get past the first round with a little bit of luck. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I I think it, I think it helps add, add some scoring to that team and, and maybe some three point shooting, but yeah. Yeah. It's been, Josh
2: Hart is a good three point shooter, but he just hasn't, I think he's only shot like two a game this year when he normally shot, shoots like four or five a game for the rest of his career. So mm-hmm. if the Knicks can get him to shoot more, I think that will be helpful for their lineups in terms of, um, you know, with Julius Randle that drives to the basket a lot. Uh, same thing with Jalen Brunson. If they have a guy that can just catch and shoot, I think will be helpful. And we know Tom Thibodeau loves his his defensive players and uh, Josh Hart is, is a good defender. So like mm-hmm. you said, Nick, I don't think it'll move them towards the top of the conference or anything, but I think it could be a, a good deal for them, especially since... Like you said, for whatever reason, Cam Reddish didn't work out there. wasn't really getting mm-hmm. any minutes. Um, and for Portland, it's just kind of like, you know, maybe maybe we can have a good relationship with this
0: guy, and maybe he can end up being something. Uh, I think I think Portland really just wanted the first. I think that was really all that they wanted. I I don't really know what they're doing because I, they just did, They're not really building around Dame. So I just I'm not quite sure what the direction is (laughs) um but i know that they tried to move him but there was no suitor so i think maybe they're asking for a lot and just nobody i I don't know it didn't make sense but definitely just a weird weird situation yeah just weird i
2: don't know all right just loves it in portland for some reason even though they they don't have that team around him he's always like i want to be here you know, I'm not going to run from the grind. So (laughs) I don't know.
0: I I guess, but I mean, at some point you have to be like, all right, like, (laughs) I don't know. Some, some people, some people just want to just want to play basketball and have fun and make money. And I mean, that's, that's okay too. You know I mean? I don't think, I don't think it takes away from, you know, his career. I think it'll suck that, that he'll probably never have a championship, but, but for what he's done in his career, I still think, that he's had a really good career, so I, I don't know. Oh yeah. Mm. All right. The big trade of the day on the eighth. What do you guys think about it? What's your feelings? Um, also... I'm that... Yeah, go ahead, David. Go ahead. I'm surprised at the
1: fact that there was a team willing to even remotely come close to the Russell Westbrook
0: contract so it's it's the picks man the the jazz wanted i think they said the jazz have like 17 picks over the next seven drafts or something like that so i mean they're they're right up there with um with the thunder so i mean at at this point it's like i I don't know i mean i don't know what they think they're really gonna be able to do i think they're just hoping that that somebody hits and then i don't know and they're, yeah, they're 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 just going to pay Westbrook to to go away anyway so
2: yeah i was going to say what i've seen is like um they're expected to buy out Westbrook so it'll be interesting to see where he goes um i've seen that he there's interest from the Los Angeles Clippers which i think would be weird i don't think that'd be a great move for them to make and the Chicago Bulls which i guess would be fine but i don't think the bulls are making any huge uh moves, you know, past the first round of the playoffs or anything like that. So Yeah. That'll be that'll be interesting. But yeah, that 2027 first round pick, um I think I saw it's protected 1 through 4. So if it goes if it ends up being the first to the fourth pick, um the Lakers will keep it for that year and it will go to the next year. But in 2027, LeBron may not be there cuz brownie will be in the league. If LeBron's still playing, who knows if AD will be there? If AD will, you know, be playing at his highest potential. So, you know, that could be a good fifth overall pick, sixth overall pick, and
0: who knows? <laughs> I do, I do think the Lakers won this trade though. I think. Oh, 100%. I, I don't, okay. I don't really, I keep seeing a lot of memes like, oh, they fleeced everybody <laughs> in this trade. <laughs> but I mean, when you really think about it, they didn't really give up much. Like, Juan, Ta- um, I can't say his name. It's such a tongue twister. Um, Toscano Anderson really wasn't playing Damon Jones really wasn't playing. They weren't really big contributors. And, you know, Westbrook was doing really good off the bench, but wasn't a guy that was moving the needle for them. You know what I mean? So I think they didn't really give up anything that they're going to need over the next couple years. Obviously, that first-round draft pick, like you said, in 2027, who knows where LeBron is or AD is. But I think going out right now and getting three guys who can shoot the three, Three guys who can get a bucket, and you know Vanderbilt can play defense and and play inside defense really well. So I think that that this particular trade they won. I think Minnesota is the bigger losers. I don't really know why they decided to go with Mike Conley, other than just needing a pass first point guard. Maybe that's why they went and did it. I don't know. Maybe Russell just wasn't able to run their offense, but obviously, I think. The uh, Rudy Gobert experiment's not a uh, not working out very well, <laughs> so maybe they thought they could get a guy that could get them the ball. I, I don't know. It's it's definitely an interesting trade, but they got three seconds out of it. So
2: I think it's a little, I would say, a little bit of a win-win-win, like for all three teams. I would say for what they're trying to do, I think the Lakers yeah. were the biggest winners. Um, like you said, bringing in that shooting that they desperately need. Um, and Vanderbilt is is a really good uh, piece, especially coming off their bench. Um, and especially just kind of that, um, you know, I, I don't like to be the guy that brings up A.D.'s injuries, but just a little bit of that insurance to where, you know, they can have A.D. instead of having Damian Jones out there or or Troy Bound Jr. or something like that. Minnesota, I think it's like what you said. They wanted to get that pass-first point guard. I think they want to focus on running their offense more through Anthony Edwards now, who's played really well recently. Um, and Mike Conley has played and played pretty well with Rudy Gobert. A um, couple of those years, they were the first seed in the West. Now the playoffs were a bit of a different story. but um, And then them getting those second-round picks, I think, is, is just helpful for them. You never know what could come up with that. And then Utah, I mean, they're just trying – They they had a really surprising start, but ultimately I still think they're trying to tank for this year. Um, And so, you know, bringing in Russell Westbrook, who you're not going to play, bringing in these other guys who may or may not play, um, I think is ultimately going to help them by hurting them in the short term, by by getting rid of some of their good quality players and and maybe they fall down or fall up a little
0: bit more in the lottery odds. Yeah, I mean, it's the... The victor win by Nama's week's, week's So <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Whatever you can do to get in the lottery as much as you can. Yeah, it makes sense. So, I don't know. Um, Well, let's go ahead and move on to today, the big day. Um, Do we want to start with the big one that happened early, early this morning? Or do we want to work our way up to it? Uh, let's work our way up to it. Work our way up to it. Okay, so we'll do that one last. Uh, let's go ahead and... So the Raptors and the Spurs had a trade today. Um, Raptors got Jakob Podil, and the Spurs got Kem Birch a first and two seconds. So, you know, the Raptors kind of up upgrading their, their big spot there. Do you guys think that this moves the needle for the Raptors, helps push them, you know, maybe a little bit closer to competing for a championship, or was this just... Just a little bit of help. (laughs) I don't know what else to describe it as. I think that this
1: will definitely help. I don't Mm -hmm. know if it will move the needle into that position of winning uh, a championship.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But, I mean, you can't really count out Toronto all that much because they've, over the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, they've always had, like, a solid team that can always go to the playoffs they just haven't had much luck on getting to the championship uh, because they, for the longest time, they had LeBron James and the Cavaliers in their way. And up until when they had Kawhi, they, that was the case up until they had Kawhi. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah, a little, can't bit a, count them out. a little bit of a weird team build. Again, I'm not quite sure what they're trying to do with it, but... I mean, I think it's Jakub's good. No, sorry, I was just say Jakub. I think Jakub be a good fit. You know, I think a good fit the center position. So I, I don't know. He's he's at least gonna help. I think. I don't think it will hurt. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: I think it's more of a future move for them. Unfortunately, they've Mm -hmm. been pretty disappointing this season, especially compared to like their expectations. Um, They're at the ten seed right now, so I imagine they probably stick around that play in, but I don't think they can make really any noise in the playoffs. But I think it's interesting with the Raptors because leading up to the trade deadline, um, there was a lot of people saying, Oh, they're going to, they're going to trade OG and an OB. They're going to try to trade uh Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet and didn't end up trading any of those guys. Um, And I think the reason behind that is just, they want to see, you know, once they get a, a true center in there, cause they haven't had a real center in their lineup for like two years or so. Mm-hmm. So I think they want to see what they have. And I think they know this year's a little bit of a lost year and then they can go in the off season and probably get better offers for some of those guys if they want to end up moving off of them. So it's not super exciting, but I think it was kind of like a hold move for now. In the off season we might we might do some more exciting things.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um let's go over OKC and the Celtics. So OKC got Justin Jackson in two seconds and then the Celtics got uh Mike Muscala. So not like a big time trade, but the Celtics got a little bit of help, I guess, on the the I don't know if would Mike Muscala be a veteran? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. You can count him as a veteran. <laughs> um but I think yeah, that, that, that throw in there. yeah, I think it probably just helps them perimeter like with perimeter shooting a little bit and uh just gives them another veteran presence that that could maybe help them when it comes to playoff time so I, I what do you guys think about it kind of on the same lines
1: yeah something like that
0: I think yeah I think it's
2: a good move for the Celtics kind of again just to a bit more of a depth move um like Muscala gives them also uh kind of I feel like it's kind of like a little bit of a uh a Lesser Al Horford type move where he's mm-hmm. he's a good shooter. Um, if anyone watched LeBron against OKC the other night, Mike Muscala was torching the Lakers. Um, so he's a good shooter for a big man, and he's not bad at defense. So it's I think it's another one of those kind of insurance policy moves where we know when the playoffs comes, there's probably going to be injuries. Mm-hmm. So let's just get guys that can fill roles good enough, just just in case. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely the we don't really see very many teams filling roles anymore. They just try to get a bunch of two way players and and make them work together. So the Celtics do a really good job of like collecting guys that that really fit the role that they need them to play during games and uh, when they need them to step up. So it's definitely I think I think it's definitely a win for them. Like I said, I don't think it necessarily like moves the needle a bunch. But in those crunch time situations, if you need somebody to hit a three, like if he's open, he's going to be able to hit the three. Um, and he's going to be able to play quality minutes for you. So um, the Lakers ended up making. So this is probably the second of the Lakers three picks that they made over the past couple of days. So this one was the Nuggets. The Lakers ended up sending Thomas Bryant to the Nuggets and got Devon Reed and three seconds in return. I think we'll kind of see what they use those three seconds for in a little bit. But how do you guys feel about this move? I liked Thomas Bryant in their lineup. Um, I do like who they brought in though, when we talk about it here in a minute, but I guess, how do you guys feel about this trade?
1: I think that they're finally making movements to try and maybe keep LeBron in LA,
0: but I don't think it'll be enough. I don't think LeBron's going anywhere, but (laughs) I think until, until Bronny gets drafted, I think that's when he'll probably leave, but He'll mm-hmm. at least play his contract out there.
2: Yeah, I think it was more of just a move to to free up a, a front court spot for uh another trade they made a little bit down the line. Um Devon no. Reed is not getting a lot of minutes right now. Um it, playing for Denver, so but you never know. Uh looks like he's about a thirty six percent three point shooter and shot Better than that last year. So Mm -hmm. we all know that the Lakers will not turn down or should not turn down anyone who can shoot. But Thomas Bryan could also shoot for a big man. Yeah. Um, I saw him make like a few threes when I went to the Lakers Cavs game way back in December. And that surprised me.
0: (laughs) Um, Well, let's go ahead and talk about that third Lakers trade since we're kind of (laughs) ominously speaking about it. But that one ended up being with the Lakers and the Magic. Uh, the Lakers ended up sending three plus another second-round pick, so four second-round picks to the to the Magic. Um, cash considerations, and just twelve hours after Pat Bev texted, "Hey, we're back together," him and D. Russ, they shipped his ass on out to oh. the Magic. <laughs> <It's just> <laughs> tough. <laughs> yeah, tough, tough. But the <laughs> Lakers ended up getting Mo Bamba back in return. Now Mo Bamba hasn't necessarily been. Super consistent with the Magic, but I do think a guy that could come off the bench or maybe even start at that five spot next to AD so AD can play the four. But again, another guy that they add uh, actual size to their roster who can uh, rebound You know, get inside. Him and Vanderbilt are going to be good guys to come off the bench, maybe even start next to AD at times, but they can also be there for when AD uh, inevitably gets injured (laughs) again. So I do think that that was a really good pickup on their part. Again, I really did like Thomas Bryant and their lineup, but I do like them going out and getting Mo Bamba. I do think that was a a pretty good trade. So what do you guys think about that in totality of what the Lakers did?
2: Yeah, I think Mo Bamba thinking about it in terms of Thomas Bryant, I think he will be a slight upgrade. Um, there's a lot of jokes on him based on just like, you know, the hype coming in and there's the whole rap song and everything. And he hasn't really panned out to be much. However, these past two years with Orlando has been his two best seasons. And in Orlando too, they had a lot of big men fighting for minutes. I mean, they had bull, bull uh Wendell Carter jr. Um, I'm sure there's guys I'm forgetting about, but I know they had at, at one point, like four, like seven foot or or close to centers that we're all just like fighting for minutes. Um, And he's, he's been pretty effective. And he's been uh, he's been shooting the ball well enough. He's not a three point shooter or anything like that, but he's shooting the ball well enough. And I think he'll defend and rebound and be tall. He's seven foot tall, which certainly helps. And especially if, if AD does decide he doesn't want to play center, like he is tend to, is one to do. <laughs> um, I think I agree. He could, he could slide into that starting center spot, um, pretty easily for them.
1: Question. Now, is he still on the injured reserve or is he still playing? Mo Bamba? No, 80.
0: Yeah. I think he's back. Cause he was, cause remember there was all the drama behind, you know, LeBron passing up Kareem and then AD was just sitting on the bench pouting or something like that. So <laughs> so yeah he's he's definitely back in the lineup. I don't know what his uh his deal is. Maybe him and Russ were friends or something and mm. they shipped him on out. I don't know. But who knows I did
1: yeah. know, I just was curious because I was like last I heard anything of AD he was on the uh
0: IR. Yeah. Honestly like I not that I expected them to trade Anthony Davis, but I kind of almost wanted them to. I don't know why, but I just feel like the right team maybe could have given them the right pieces back in return, and it's not like he plays a bunch anyway, so I mean there's a reason why Dom
1: calls him Anthony day to day Davis, so
0: yeah, <laughs> and I think not not saying that the roster that they built would be able to compete without him, but I think if you were able to trade him. You know, somewhere, um, and maybe bring in some quality talent. I, I don't, like I said, I don't know what kind of trade that would look like, but he's just not—he's just not reliable, and and he doesn't really seem to have the drive for some reason. So, mm. I don't know. Anyway, back to the real trades. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go ahead. So the the Blazers, Sixers, and Hornets had a three-team deal leaving me questioning really what the Hornets were doing in the trade to begin with. But the Blazers got Matisse Thibel, a guy who can't score the basket, but can't score the basket, can't score the basketball, but he can defend really well. Uh, the Sixers got Jaden McDaniels, two seconds. And then the Hornets got two seconds and the, the, the guy's name that I can't pronounce. Uh, Svi McCulloch, McCulloch, I think McC- it's called Makai Luke. Makai Luke, yo, these names. I feel man. like I've heard that before. It's be Makai Luke. I don't know who that guy is, but <laughs> he was traded twice today, so not a good sign. <laughs> um, I don't really know why the Hornets were in this one, other than just to get the two seconds. But, um, yeah, I guess somebody else had to be in there. What, what do you guys feel about this trade? Does it really matter in the grand scheme of things? Does it move any needles for you guys? No.
1: Not really.
2: See, for me, I actually think this is a pretty underrated trade for the Blazers' side of things because mm. the Blazers have always been a good offense. Whenever they've mm. had Dame, they're going to be a good offense. And even now, you know, with Anthony Simon's ascension, they have Jeremy Grant playing really well. I mean, Matisse Stiebel, like you said, he's not a scorer, but he's made two all-defensive teams.
0: Yeah, that's a really good good of a defense. De- that's
2: how good of a defender he is. And in those years, I'm pretty sure the most he played was 20 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. So like he was impactful enough that in 20 minutes a game, he, the media and, and the voters chose him as one of the 10 best defenders in the NBA.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: I don't I don't know if he starts. I don't know if he comes off the bench. Um, but I think that certainly helps Portland as we know with their guards Dame Anthony Simons. They cannot defend anybody. So if you have him to just his one job is to go out there and just defend the, the best guard or wing on the floor. I think it could help raise Portland's ceiling just a little bit. Um, just so they're not so, so bad defensively. And then, you know, once Dan gets in the playoffs, who knows?
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I mean, I, I'm not saying it was a bad trade on their part. It's just definitely one of those that was, uh, I don't know, just an interesting one. Um, Let's see here. Clippers and Nuggets. That was another trade that happened. So the Clippers got Bones Highland. Definitely an interesting name. And the Nuggets got two seconds. How do you guys feel about this one? Do you even know who Bones Highland is? Because I didn't, and that's a pretty cool name. But
2: <laughs> It is a cool name. He is... So I don't see a lot of Denver games because, like, probably you guys are on the West Coast. They're mm-hmm. late at night. Um, But the games that I've watched, he's like their main offensive guy when Jokic is on the bench. So, I think it's really confusing for them to trade him just for two second round
0: picks. I think uh, they I, mean, I think they wanted to try to get a first out of him. Which Yeah. I'm not again, cuz I I was reading this like cuz I was like, "Yo, who like I, obviously I don't get to watch a lot of Nuggets games like you said, but I just didn't mm-hmm. really know who he was as a player." But, you know, kind of reading like what you were saying, it's definitely interesting why they wanted to give him up, it when it doesn't seem like they needed to, like they, unless they just didn't want to. I I don't know. It's just definitely a a weird, a weird thing.
2: Yeah, I thought it was strange, and maybe that was a thing. Maybe they thought they could get more for him, and then you know, once those trade rumors or once you hear you're being shopped, it kind of hurts the relationship. But I don't know. Even if I'm him, and they're like you know, we're, we're shopping you and they don't get that good of deals. I'd be like, "Mm, I might, I might stay around here with Jokic and see if we can get a ring. (laughs) So I thought that one was probably one of the, the weirder ones of the day of like, why did they do this?
0: Yeah. I was wondering if they thought that maybe they could turn those two seconds into somebody else because a lot of people, a lot of teams were trading players for like Mm -hmm. assets and then they were immediately turn around and flipping those assets for somebody else. So I'm wondering if they had somebody in mind, but it just fell through. Mm. I don't know. Definitely interesting. Maybe they want a Mobamba. <laughs> it could be. It's possible. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. OKC and Phoenix made a trade. So OKC got Dario Saric and a second. And then the Suns got Darius. I think it's uh, Basley. Basley. Probably said baisley there you go i don't know i just immediately thought it was something fancy (laughs) Mm -hmm. so the sun's giving up a little bit of veteran um help there but i think getting somebody a little bit younger in return i'm not quite sure what this really does for the suns um but it got a little bit better from it i guess i don't (laughs) know
1: i mean it was just an added depth because uh and I'm sure we'll probably talk about it shortly, but it's just add depth and we'll give them something until the main person that they got comes back.
0: Yeah. 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 They're without two of their big stars now for a little bit, but yeah, just, I think just, just kind of upgrading, upgrading that, that forward position in, in general, I think so. Or that wing position, if you want to call it, I guess. Um, the Pistons, Hawks, and Warriors um, went into a three-team trade. The Warriors ended up giving up on their number two overall pick, James Wiseman, sending him to the Pistons to see if maybe he can, uh, I guess, get his career back on track. The Hawks ended up getting uh, Sadiq Bay, and then the Warriors got Kevin Knox, which is an interesting, I guess, find, but they got five seconds in return. And you'll see these five seconds, <laughs> they'll be on the move soon. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's <laughs> Um here, I'll I'll just say it now. So they used those five seconds, because we could probably just add this trade into it too, but the Warriors ended up using those five seconds or a combination of five seconds, and went out and brought back Gary Payton the second, which mm-hmm. I think they were clearly missing <laughs> his uh his play there this year. And I think that's a, a really good ad for that team. So when you think about the the why give up James Wiseman, well, this is why, because Gary they chose to stick with James Wiseman instead of Gary Payton the second. And I think that they were like, hey, we regret that. Let's go ahead and uh make that move. And then they add Kevin Knox to that roster. So another wing that can play some defense, maybe. I don't really know what he adds to the roster. He'll kind of just be a depth guy that, that maybe gets five minutes here and there, depending on what's going on injury-wise. But what do you guys think about, the? I guess, these two trades for the Warriors? Um, and then how do you feel about the, what the Pistons and uh, the Hawks got out of this and the Blazers as well, too? I
1: think the, the Pistons definitely got – someone who is a future helper. Um, Because when did Wiseman get drafted?
2: 2018 with right in between Anthony Edwards and Lamelo, I think.
0: Yeah. Okay. So he's definitely been underperforming. I I Mm. don't know... I don't know if it's just that he hasn't really gotten any real playing time in the NBA, Mm -hmm. and I think maybe that's a a big part. So with the Pistons, he's going to have to play. He's going to play real NBA minutes for the rest of the season, so they're really going to get to see what he can kind of turn out to be towards the end of the season and whether or not they want to continue with that as a project. But, I mean, he just really hasn't gotten the chance to play real NBA minutes because they've always had guys in front of him. And I think they were hoping that he'd be able to take over, but
1: mm. because um Detroit's definitely got a young team that can be mm. something and can do something if given the proper depth on a team and proper help. So
0: yeah, yeah. the I potential's mean, you there. Just, you just need Chet homer to to uh develop and then you just need to put the right pieces around him. So I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think it's good again for
2: both sides here. I think the Warriors, like you said, obviously really wanted Gary Payton the second back. Mm-hmm. I think they, yeah, from what I saw, they didn't sign him because they didn't have the, or they didn't want to pay too much into the luxury tax this summer. Um, but then this move ended up saving them money since Wiseman's had a bigger contract as a second pick. But Two with Wiseman, I think it's a really good, uh, in low risk deal for the Pistons because he games in college and I'm pretty sure he was suspended. It was something with like a, a recruitment violation, I think, mm-hmm. but I mean, I can't imagine going from high school, playing three games, probably against really bad teams. Cause he went to Memphis and the, those first couple games in college basketball are like, basically you're playing D two schools. Um, and then just going straight into the NBA and then he's had injuries on top of it. So I think it's a good opportunity for him and for the Pistons to just, yeah, see what they have, see if he can become something. And yeah, I mean, they're it's not like it's gonna, they're still going to be down in the lottery. So, you know, if it doesn't work out and they end up getting the first round pick, they just get Wimbanyama and they probably move on from Wiseman later on anyways, and didn't give up too much. Um, So, it's I think it's a good win-win move for both. I I'm excited to see Gary Payton back with the Warriors because he was just so good there for them. He was just like one of their players that plays hard and will just do like whatever you need. I think at one point he was playing like backup center last year and he's like 6'3 or something. So I don't know. I he didn't get a lot of time with the Blazers because he had injuries, but I just think him knowing that system and them knowing him is a better situation for him as
0: well. Mm. Yeah. I guess what do you, like, do you think it was a good move for the Blazers to, and I know he's been injured, but I mean, just with what he could provide them if, if they made a playoff push and he was healthy, like, I know they got five seconds in return. I don't know what they necessarily plan to do with those, but, um, but I guess just for a team that doesn't really have much other talent they kind of seemed to give away him before he really got a chance to show them what they could do there. Mm. I'm,
2: I'm guessing that they probably just felt he would have been redundant after they picked up, I don't know exactly what timeline, but I think they did the uh, Matisse-Thibel deal before yeah. the Gary Payton deal. So I think they were just like, well, um, we got Tybal who is, I don't know, probably a better defender right now, but it's tough to say because he doesn't play as much mm-hmm. um, for Philly. Um, but he has a more proven track record at least. Um, So they're probably just like, ah, we got that guy. We probably don't need two very similar players where they're defend first guys and they don't really score a lot. So I'm guessing they're like, well, if we can get five seconds out of it, might as well. (laughs) You never know. Jokic was a second-round pick. so. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's fair. There's a lot of guys that went to the G League that were second picks that have come out Mm -hmm. and and done really well. It's just about development. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I think I think that's probably a win-win-win. You know what I mean? I think it's a, a four-win there. I think the Hawks getting Sadiq Bay is is a good good rotation piece that's for them nice, too. Yeah. So, yeah, um, the Hawks were in the trade market again. So the next trade was the Hawks and the Rockets. The Hawks ended up getting Garrison Matthews, Bruno Fernando in two seconds, and they sent the Rockets Justin Holiday and Frank Kaminsky. What do you guys think about this trade? Obviously a Rockets team that will not be the first time that they add veteran help, <laughs> but what do you guys think about this trade? I guess on both ends.
1: I got nothing to add on this one. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Not, not too much personally. Um,
2: I don't think any of the guys in the deal are going to be playing huge minutes for any of these teams. Um, So it probably just had something to do with whether it's money or um you know something like that but I, I mean the ro- I the Rockets gave
0: up the Rockets gave up two seconds for those guys too so you know what I mean I think yeah it's it's I mean, Frank it's Minsky's a... a solid backup and he is a veteran yeah um
2: so I think that might have been the biggest asset they were looking for Justin mm-hmm. holiday has been that's true holiday's brother he's been pretty good in backup roles before but that was kind of a couple years back mm-hmm. and has not I don't know if he's been injured or just hasn't Found the court, found the playing time. Um, But yeah, I mean, I guess for the Rockets, what they do need is some veterans in that locker room. So it might be more about what they offer off the court than what they offer on the court.
0: Yeah. And speaking of the Rockets, they were a part of a three team trade as well with the Clippers and the Grizzlies. Um, Not only did the Rockets add Frank Kaminsky and Justin Holiday in the last trade, but they, in this trade, they added, they brought back John Wall. um, (laughs) Yeah. Poor John Wall can't get out of Houston for some reason. And they added Danny Green and got a it didn't specify which what kind of pick they were getting out of it. It just said that they were getting a pick. Um, so maybe that'll kind of come out in the next couple of days of what kind of pick they're getting. But again, another two veteran guys. I mean, they pretty much have four out of the five starting spots for veteran players. So Maybe I know there's been a lot of tension within that locker room with the young guys, and there's been a lot of things said, um, you know, by Eric Gordon about how they don't take the game seriously and stuff like that. So maybe they brought these guys in to really kind of, um, push them down the road. I'm not quite sure what the intention was there, but also within this three team deal, the Grizzlies got, um, Luke Kennard and then the Clippers got to bring in Eric Gordon and they got three seconds out of the deal as well too. So um, which we'll kind of see two of those come into play soon. But uh, what do you guys think about this trade specifically? Obviously the Clippers got a hold of Eric Gordon. I think that's the most important piece um, that got moved in this deal. That definitely helps move the needle for them. How do you feel about this trade in general?
2: I think you're right. I think Eric Gordon is the the biggest part of this trade. Um, I'm happy for him that he gets to go to a team that gets to contend. He's been one name that's been on the market for like three years where he's just been in Houston. He hasn't really been happy. Um, but he's a good player. He's a good shooter. Um, you know, he's a veteran. So I'm, I'm happy to see, I think I'll slot in well with the Clippers. Um, you know, just with them having uh, a lot of guys who, who drive again, I think it's, it's good to just have a catch and shoot guy there. Uh, <laughs> I agree. I feel bad for, for John wall, but I do think they'll probably just release him or buy him out again. I have no clue where he goes. If anywhere after that, Danny green is interesting because he wasn't playing for the Grizzlies. And they're like, we love his, his veteran leadership. We we're excited for him to get healthy. And then they're like, nah, we're just gonna, we're just gonna trade him out. Um, and then Luke Kennard, I think is a good fit with the Grizzlies. Um, I think they have solid defense, which is not his strong suit, but he, again, brings that shooting. He's always been a solid shooter for them. Um, and especially, you know, if he's on the court with Ja, who's driving to the basket and, and can find him, I think that'll be successful for them. I think Luke Kennard's kind of one of those guys that, like, I feel like he could just slot in anywhere just because he's that good of a shooter. And, like, any teams wants a guy who can just reliably knock down three-point shots.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just John Wall just hasn't been able to get away from Houston outside of when he got drafted by Washington. So I just I think Evan just summed it up perfectly. There's no real need to
0: add on to it. Do you think do you think maybe we see a reunion with Washington and John Wall? I mean, they kinda need a guy at the point guard well, not that he's really gonna move the needle that much, but they, they need a guy at the point guard position. I mean, he'd be it easy for him to slide in there. It's not like they'd be super dependent on him to score the ball. And he can yeah. kinda go there and maybe ride out the last couple years of his career and then maybe retire or something like that.
1: Hey, start out a wizard, and a wizard, that that would be perfect for him.
2: Yeah. I actually could see that too, because for some reason, um, no matter how mediocre they are, the Washington Wizards will not tank. And so yeah. I'm sure they're like, oh, we can get John Wall back in here. <laughs> You know, bring some of that magic in the in those years that you know we were real good and and we were tough. And LeBron hit that turnaround three pointer on us. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's the right move for them, but I definitely could see them doing that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's power through here. So I remember I talked about those uh two seconds that the Clippers got. They ended up using those two seconds and shipped them to the Hornets with Reggie Jackson to bring in veteran Mo, uh, Mason Plumlee. So this gives them another guy at the center position uh, to kind of. Because they still have Zubak, right? Where do they trade him? Yeah, they still have, have Zubok, Yeah, yeah. So this just gives them another guy at the the center position to come off the bench, I think, behind Zubok and uh, just gives them some more size. So I do think that, again, just another veteran guy that the Clippers were able to kind of add, and I think he'll be... He's had a pretty decent season with the Hornets so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's just a really solid role real player off the bench. I think that'll be good for him.
2: Yeah, I think it's good too because, like, I think it works for them because Plumley and Zubac are like very similar type of players. Mm-hmm. So they can still run a lot of the same sets. They can still use a lot of their same uh, defensive strategies. You know, they're both just guys that are, that are going to rebound. They're going to play some defense and they're going to get you, you know, occasional points in the paint. So I think it makes sense. They needed a backup center. And so I think it makes sense to just go out and get the guy you know who is pretty much exactly like Zubac, mm-hmm. and probably the best guy they could have gotten for that role.
0: Mm-hmm. You know
2: for for what they gave up.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, if you guys thought the Lakers trade was pretty big, the Suns said, "Hold my beer." Um. <laughs> there's two <laughs> trades left to go over. Both of them involve the Nets. Both of them involve Jay Crowder. So I'm just gonna call it a four-team trade. <laughs> um. This one's gonna involve the Nets, the Suns. Uh, the Bucks and the Pacers. So in this trade, the Bucks got Jay Crowder. Um the Pacers got uh Jordan Norara, George Hill, and two seconds. And then the Nets got uh Mikhail Bridges, Cam Jordan, four firsts, and five second-round picks. It's a lot of second round picks. <laughs> um, and then obviously the Suns. You could probably say they clearly won this trade as long as everything works out, but cool. they got Kevin Durant and TJ Warren. So obviously the Bucks getting Jay Crowder, that's more of a role player kind of thing they were trying to fill. The Pacers, I don't really know what they were kind of doing there other than just maybe trying to get some veteran help um, at the guard position with George Hill but the big the big two teams within this are going to be the nets and the suns. Obviously getting Kevin Durant gives you an automatic win, but how do you feel the nets really did within this trade and you know how excited are you about with Kevin Durant being on the suns?
1: I definitely think that Kevin Durant definitely adds to the team when healthy, but it's kind of like the Kyrie situation where you don't know how personally well he's going to go with the other two major team players and I think after the Golden State uh kind of like I don't know if you'd want to call it a fiasco with when he went there but this was kind of out of his con somewhat out of his control um but like I said it just comes down to Kevin Durant personally uh on how successful. This trade looks for the Suns because as of right now on paper, it seems like they won, but who knows?
2: Yeah, I would say somewhat disagree. I would somewhat disagree with you, David, in that I think definitely Kevin Durant has been able to to play with other superstars a lot more successfully, at least in the recent years, post 2016, than Kyrie. I mean, there was a lot of drama in, in golden state but ultimately they did win two championships and probably would have won a third if he and clay thompson didn't get injured um mm. so he's definitely proven he can play with anyone um i think anyone would be excited to play with him and i think i think it's huge for the suns i mean they were looking they were in the finals two years back they were up 2-0 on Giannis and the bucks they were ready to celebrate chris paul was ready to get his first ring and then, you know, last year, they have a good regular season, but end up flaming out and losing to the Mavericks, you know, with without much help for Luca. So I think it's huge. I think it just extends their window now because it makes Chris Paul not have to be really a scorer at all. Like he can just go and he can set up Kevin Durant and he can set up Devin Booker and he can set up DeAndre Ayton and he can he can focus on assisting and playing defense which I think is huge so I don't know based on the fact we haven't seen it happen yet uh, I've seen a lot of talk about this I don't know if it, they'd be my favorite in the west right now I think just Denver with their um, you know their continue, continued like uh, I don't know the word that I'm trying to say but you know they've had the same players for a long time they know how to play together and Jokic is unreal but mm-hmm. in like three weeks if if they start playing really well they're probably gonna be the favorite for most people um and then for brooklyn i think there's two sides to it i think there's a side that you can say they didn't get enough for kevin durant i mean especially if you look back on the rudy gobert trade during the summer which we can probably see that as an overpay for sure now um but i'm pretty sure they ended up getting more draft picks uh utah ended up getting more draft picks for gobert than than durant so um You could say that, but at the same time, I think secretly, uh, the Suns GM, Sean Marks, and their owner, Joe Tsai, I think they're secretly like just relieved. I think they're like, oof, we're finally done with all this drama. We just have a young team now, no expectations, and we can just build it up without all the craziness that comes with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden. So I think that, for me, I feel like part of the reason why they pulled the trigger on it. I do think there could have been a situation too, where once Kyrie got traded, Kevin Durant was probably like, no, nah, I'm not doing this by myself. <laughs> um, and he, you know, we haven't heard if he requested this trade, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case too.
0: I, I just think the Nets were like, yo, screw it. Let's go ahead and blow it up. I mean, who's, who's the, uh, who's the dude This been playing for him that's dropped like 40 something points, three nights in a row or something like that. Cam Thomas. Cam, Cam Thomas. Thomas. He's so- the next KD. <laughs> so th- all, all I'm saying is they, they got Cam Thomas, who seems like he's coming on pretty strong. Mikel Bridges is, is a nice guy. He can, I think, now kind of being one of the focal points of that team, he could give you 20 points a night if you, if you really, yeah, if you really wanted to. Cam Johnson's a really good guy that can come off the bench, maybe even give you really good minutes. You know, they still have... Uh, Nick Claxton and I th- really think he's, he's a really good young budding center so I'm not saying that this team is going to compete for a playoff spot this year but remember before all this KD and Kyrie drama remember when D Russ was on that team and it was just a young team yeah had nothing to lose and they were going out there playing having fun and it's not like the Nets are really out of playoff contention right now. So if they could just play 500 ball the rest of the season and they can have fun mess around, they could find themselves in the playoff, the plan or even find themselves in, in a playoff spot too. So I do think that like, I don't think that this team is out of the realm of competing and they have a ton of picks going forward. So they're going to be able to add, you know, whether that's through the draft or they use those picks to add players down the road, they're going to have cap space Um and I'm forgetting Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie is a really good guard as mm-hmm. well, too. I think people, I I think, you know, them getting Spencer Dinwiddie in that Kyrie trade, I think that that's not, it's not like he's as good as Kyrie, but he can still give you 20 points a night as well, too. So I think that, again, this is a really young, fun team that's going to be fun to watch. And I think if they can get back to that th- that type of basketball, it, it, they're they're going to have success.
2: Speaking Yeah, Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I think um if I if I knew how to do Photoshop, I was thinking of this earlier when I was thinking about Spencer Dinwiddie, because he was on that young fun team Mm -hmm. back in like 2018 or so. Yeah. And I just it just reminded me of like the Thanos meme, and it's like, where does it bring you right back to me? And it's just Spencer Dinwiddie for the Nets. Um but you're right. I think I think they're a super fun team to watch now. And they're good on offense and defense. Like they Mm. can have I mean Ben Simmons, no matter what he's doing offensively, which isn't much right now, he's still a good defensive player. They bring in Mikael Bridges; he's a great defensive player. Nick Claxton's a good defensive big. They have Royce O'Neal. Yeah, like they could have four of those guys on the court at a time, and that's going to be hard to score on. So I think just with the talent that they have and where they are right now, being at that fifth spot in the East, I I still see them probably staying in in at least the play in. Um, this year, I don't think they're bad enough to to fall down, especially with Chicago and Toronto and all those teams struggling this year. Yeah, I think they'll be in the mix, and um, I think they'll be fun to watch. You know, in that play in situation, once they get against the, the Celtics or the Bucks or um, whoever else it is, it's it's going to be probably a quick series. But I, I think it, I think like or you said, it Cavs. can be even our Cavs. Yes, exactly. I think they could be a fun team though for years to come. And I think it's, I think it's like you said, I think the, the Nets owners were just done with, with everything that came with, they didn't, they wanted to be able to do their jobs and not be told how to do their jobs by Kyrie and, and KD. I think. Yeah.
0: No, I, I completely agree. and And I kind of view this team as like a better like jazz, you know what I mean? Like how, how the mm-hmm. jazz collected young talent and they still were kind of, there's, there's not, they're not an awful team, but, you know, they're still a pretty good team. I think this is this. They have a, the Nets have a lot more talent on their team right now. And and, you know, we we say like, hey, the Celtics are going to be able to handle them pretty well. The you know, the Bucks, the Cavs, but there's no guarantees in basketball. And if this team gets hot and they play well together and who knows what this youthful fun style of basketball that these guys are about to play, who knows what that does for Ben Simmons. I think that he's always been on a team where it's a like, we have to win a championship right now. And Mm -hmm. who knows what that does for him mentally. And who knows what that unlocks for him, especially if they go to him and they're like, listen, here's the basketball. You, you're, you're the dude. This is your team. Go out there, play basketball, have fun. There's no expectations for the rest of the season. Figure out what style of basketball you want to play for the rest of your career, lock it down and go with it. And I don't know. I I think this is probably my team to watch for the rest of the season, just because I, I'm excited to see to see what they can actually do, and 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 it's been it's been tough watching, um, just 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 watching this team kind of fall apart and and, and what they had, and I don't know. Yeah. Um, to to go back the to piece... sorry, sorry, I was just gonna say
2: I think the piece that you mentioned about Ben Simmons is huge because I think you know really since since the process, you know, since those Mm -hmm. first couple of years when he was drafted, the expectations uh, have been huge on him. And not to say that's unwarranted, you know, he was a top pick in the draft. um, So he should have a lot of expectations. But being in Philly, that's a tough place to play. Their fans are passionate. They're going to boo their own team if they don't like it. And then moving from that um, right to you know, being on a team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and being expected to be that third guy in New York City in a big media market, I think it's huge that he'll just be able to kind of kind of do his own thing without those expectations. And I think, I like the comparison to the Jazz, but it, it made me think too, don't forget now that this team is in New York City. Mm-hmm. So whereas the Jazz, they're not going to attract free agents. This team, if if they're fun and they have young pieces, Free agent comes up, you know, in the next couple of years that wants to be in New York, wants to be in the bright lights. They could attract a big free agent. So I think Mm -hmm. they're in a really good, a really good position, obviously taking steps back for this year, but setting up for the future, you know, six, seven years, five years down the line. I think they put themselves ultimately in a better position um, now than they were before that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then, just lastly, for me with Kevin Durant, listen, I I agree with both of your points on Kevin Durant. I do think Kevin Durant, when push comes to shove, like he'll he'll play with the other superstars that are on his team. I don't think that's necessarily his problem. I think that Kevin Durant's main problem within his career is that, and and this might be a little bit harsh, but I feel that Kevin Durant is probably one of the biggest frauds when it comes to superstars that we've seen with them basketball. Like he's, he's never been able to, to, to get it done really on his own or I, I just, or he's, uh, he's been injured or it's just in big time moments. He's never really been able to come up, come up big. And I think that this is going to be a, a true test because he went to the Warriors, Stephen clay helped him win a couple championships. He kind of blew it up there for some reason because he was getting a lot of hate. Like when, you know, a lot of people saying all oh, these championships are asterisks. Listen, he won those championships. He was, I think finals MVP both years or at least one year. So he, he deserved that, right? He went out there, he played really well. He didn't have to be the closer. Um, But he took all that hate too personally, I think. And him going to the Nets, as much as that's on Kyrie for how that blew up, that's on Kevin Durant as well too. So I think going to the Suns, he really needs to go there and be the guy. He needs to be the guy that closes. He needs to be the guy that leads. He needs to show that he can do that in his career because I think his career and his legacy is a little bit tainted with that at this point. And if he can't do that, with that roster, like you said, you have Chris Paul, who a lot of people forget that, you know, this is a guy who's third in assists. You know, he has scored a crap ton of points in his career. Like we talk about where LeBron is, but Chris Paul is still playing as well too. Like, and he's still playing at a, probably not as a high level as LeBron James, but he's still playing at a high level. And him being able to facilitate Devin Booker being the superstar that he is. And, I think a lot of people forget that DeAndre Ayton is still there and DeAndre Ayton is not a bad player And the way that everybody's going to focus on these other two guys and they're going to spread the floor out. DeAndre Ayton is going to eat it up in the paint and he's going to get rebounds. He's going to get points. You're probably going to see his field goal percentage shoot up like crazy because he's going to get a lot of easy free baskets. So I think that they have a big four there that if they can stay healthy, if Kevin Durant can can lead and close and he can pass that on to Devin Booker and Devin Booker can learn how to lead and close. This is going to be a dangerous team for the next three, three years. Um, And I think that like Evan said, once they figure it out, (laughs) if they can figure it out before the playoffs, everybody else is just going to be pissed off like the Mavs are going to be upset because everything they did didn't matter the Lakers are going to be upset because everything they did didn't matter the Clippers are they're going to be upset because everything they did didn't matter and and the Nuggets are never going to be able to get over the hump so and you know we're not even talking about the Warriors I mean they could still make I mean imagine a, a Suns Warriors <laughs> Western Conference Championship that's a crazy thing and as in and all but it's it's very much on Kevin Durant at this point for the last, it, you know, he's probably got about another five or six years of really productive basketball left um, unless he ends up being LeBron James and can can have that that crazy productive 20 year career. But, you know, the the science in the league says he's got about 20 years left on that. So or not 20 years, about five years <laughs> left on that. So, um I just I think that that he really needs to prove he has something to prove here and he has to win a championship with Phoenix Um, because if he doesn't I I just don't know I don't know how his legacy is really going to uh, really going to show anything good from that so
2: yeah what I would say I feel like I feel you make a lot of good points and I feel like what I would say is he's always been able to prove it and he's been able to do everything you need on the court. I just don't think he's been in certain situations, he hasn't been the leader um, that he that he maybe needed to be. Like in this Nets situation, like you said, it does fall on KD too. You know, he's the one, he brought his guy Kyrie here. Um, you know, James Harden was there. It kind of seems like KD was that connector piece between all of them. And when all this drama comes out, like he was just kind of like, oh, it's none of my business, you know, doesn't sound like he he's not a very vocal guy. But I think that's what kind of makes this a perfect situation for him because Chris Paul can be that guy and he can just go out and hoop. And we know Chris Paul will will tell people, you know, what they they need to hear. Um, And I think in Golden State, he did everything he needed to do on the court. But I just, I mean, it's got to be hard to play with Draymond Green, like (laughs) to be teammates with Draymond Green. And I think that's ultimately where Golden State fell apart. So I think it is a perfect situation for him where he can go, again, do whatever he needs to do on the court, doesn't have to be the vocal guy in the locker room, but also doesn't have that Draymond Green type guy. And it traded Jay Crowder, so he doesn't have that guy who's always going to be like barking at him in practice. Um, But at the same time, if they end up winning a championship, he's still like clearly the best player on the team, I think. And so I think he'll get the credit if he does win a championship. I think he'll get the credit that he deserves. And one last thing you were talking about, you know, finals, Western Conference finals matchups. What if we get a Mavericks versus Suns, <laughs> Katie versus Kyrie? Yeah. That would be extremely entertaining. Whether it's in the, you know, any, at any point in the playoffs, I want to see that. I think and, that would be so funny. And Luca hates the Suns. So. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Well, they already have the rivalry from last year too. Yeah. So, and just adding those two huge personalities onto it, that mm-hmm. would be fun to watch.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not a, I don't know. There's a lot of fun matchups going forward. I would, I, I personally would love to see um, the Lakers make the Western conference finals, maybe even make the finals <laughs> this year. I don't think it's going to happen only because I know LeBron doesn't have many years left. Um, yeah. And I would love to see him get another championship. I think that, that that would be a, a just, just good for him all around and in his career and stuff like that, especially what he's doing this season. But Um, I just don't think it's going to (laughs) happen, but yeah, I do. I do think the, if the suns click, that's probably a guaranteed Western conference finals right there. And then you have the warriors and, and you have the Mavs who, who could, who could make it. So be fun. Thank you guys for listening so much. Hopefully we'll have a little bit more consistent episodes with, uh, with nothing but net going forward. But again, uh, my name was Nick. I've been here with uh, David and Evan and uh, we'll catch you on the next one guys
1: thank you for listening to another deep dive sports show make sure to follow deep.dive.sports on facebook instagram and twitter and you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts
0: and don't forget to follow our youtube channel for more amazing content
1: lastly make sure
0: you leave us a comment we love hearing what you have to say
1: and as always until next time Deep Dive sports listeners